beautiful. You are listening to More Than a Crown, where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. is an online personal trainer and nutrition coach who works to help women like you achieve your goals and body confidence. Welcome to More Than a Crown, Haley. How are you? Hi, my lovely. Very well, thank you. Enjoying the sunshine here in the UK. How are you? I am wonderful here in Nebraska, and I'm sure so many of our listeners just smiled real big just at hearing your voice. So this is going to be a very life-giving episode. I'm so happy. Um, So I personally fell in love with your page after you post the photos, you know, two separate ways within a moment of each other. And I think that is so powerful. Where did you come up with this concept and why do you share them? It's crazy because when I first started doing them, it was almost a couple of years ago. Um, and as a PT, I was personal training in just a normal gym. And my clients would say to me, hey, you don't have any cellulite. You don't have any fat. And I would be like, yes, I do. You just can't see it because I'm wearing leggings. So I so I would say actually like I'll take a picture for you and I will show you because I do have cellulite and I'm a healthy fat percentage because you need to be in terms of being a female who is menstrual um, we've got our menstruation perfectly healthy we need our periods we need to be a certain body fat to be healthy so I would show them these pictures and they would be like oh my goodness I never realized you had cellulite I thought it was just me so you know that typical female, um, we would judge ourselves for having the tiniest, easiest bit wrong about ourselves. And we would think, oh my God, I have such a flaw. All my flaws are awful. And as soon as I showed them, they were so relieved and you could see the, the relief off their face. They would be oh, okay, I'm going to strive for progress, not perfection. And mm. I started posting it on Instagram and the, the, the feedback that I got was amazing because it would really hit home with these women that were trying to be as lean as possible, be as perfect as possible. And they would look at me and think from my other images that I was maybe, let's say, perfect in their eyes, but no one is. And I thought, okay, this is the time to actually explain to people that we all have those areas of imperfections and we all have those areas that we might not like about ourselves, but we need to learn to accept them because they make our body healthy. They make our body us. And in reality, no one is perfect. So we don't need to be. Amen. Yes, absolutely. That's so true. And I I love that little blurb you said about I just was reminding my clients to strive for progress, not perfection. Oh, I love that. I just want to sit on that for a second. It's so good. And um, so you mentioned you were coaching in person and now are you only online? Yes. So I have actually been a personal trainer for the last nine years. I had um, a bit of time out when I actually was a secondary school teacher. So I'm not sure in the in the US how many, what grade that is, but it's high school. <laughs> okay, high school. I was a high school teacher um, for physical education, so PE, so sport. Um, and I loved that, but I missed personal training with adults. I missed personal training with um, women in, um, in particular. And then when I realized that there was only so many hours in the day that I could fit 
training in, I realized I couldn't help all the women that were asking me to help them. So I transitioned to online and I am just purely online at the moment, which obviously is important, especially during the COVID situation. Um, so yeah. during, lockdown, <laughs> during lockdown, I've been able to work, which is I'm very grateful for that opportunity. But I'm also grateful to be able to help as many women as possible through an online platform. And it's just incredible that you can bring this community of women together and they lift and empower each other up, which is just astonishing because I think there's a few years back when a lot of women would probably, it's probably my age as well. I'm 30 now. And years ago, maybe when I was 25, you would have women that would maybe bitch about each other or pick holes in themselves because they were comparing comparing the bodies to others, maybe women that they looked up to, but almost jealous of. And I think now over the years, it's kind of changed into the social media of, of more, let's stop comparing ourselves against other people. Let's female empower one another and let's grow a community of strong women together that strive for progress together and that can look after one another and support and big each other up because it's so important we get we get teared down by the media we get torn down by men (laughs) we get torn down every single day by certain things and we've only got each other to kind of really help And we need that support of one another and to be able to provide that and create that community, especially just even just on Instagram with the followers, it's amazing. And it's just so lovely to see people interacting, helping one another, encouraging one another to like share stories of wearing your shorts, like a simple thing of putting your shorts on and thinking, I'm going to rock today in the sunshine and wear my shorts walking down the street. And then I think I was uh, about a week ago, a girl messaged me and she was said, I have not worn shorts in 20 years, but because of your post, I wore shorts today and I feel so good about it. Which is insane, right? 20 years. Can you imagine what was going on in her mind? And it was, it's just the fact that if someone's there telling you to wear their shorts and, and their confidence is uplifted that day, like that makes me feel so good. And seeing other women empowering that within the group is just incredible. And it's such an amazing um, platform to have to share that and to also be able to be on podcasts like this, to be able to talk to women and show them that it's okay to embrace the small things that we may think are flaws. And it's okay to show the world them because realistically, everyone has them. So we need to accept them and realize that the media is very good at covering covering them up, very good at editing them out too. So we need to kind of go against them and change the ways that the media is going to come forward and actually liberate and accept all bodies. Yes. Oh my gosh. And you're making lasting impacts on each of your clients and even just people like me. Um, And I'm so grateful for that. And I know you mentioned the fact that people get torn down all the time. And thankfully, we're, we're turning into more of a uplifting society rather than a jealous one. And I've, I'm the same way. You know, I was bullied in high school and people used to say, oh, it was because other girls are jealous of you. And I never understood that, right? Like if I thought a girl was awesome and had everything and I wanted to be just like her, I would want to be your best friend, you know, and like surround your people, surround yourself with people you admire. And so um, I'm really 
impressed that you have been able to create such a uplifting community of empowering women. That is absolutely amazing. And um, that being said, are most of your clients from the UK? Are you global now? What does that look like? Um, so I'm actually quite global. It's incredible. The last two months, um, I have skyrocketed with US followers, which is absolutely amazing. Um, I love America. I've been, I think, four times now. I've competed in America when I was a bodybuilder. Um, so mm-hmm. I've flew, flown to um, Atlantic City, LA, San Fran. Absolutely love it. So I have probably 50-50 split with American and UK um, clients. Oh, wow. And then even Australian, um, New Zealand, um, Europe, like it's literally global, which is incredible because I can learn about these new countries that, you know, maybe I've never visited and also can help them vice versa. And I think it's a, such an amazing way to be able to help um, an actual whole global community, like you say. So yeah, it's fantastic. And you never know, one day I can create a meetup in America and that would be even more amazing. <laughs> yes, that would be so cool. Oh my gosh. And I know that after the pandemic passes and it's safe again, you absolutely will do that. I fully believe in you. So for listeners who are wondering, okay, oh my goodness, this young woman is only 30. She sounds so joyful and she has a global following and global clients. She wasn't a teacher anymore because her demand for online personal training was so high. And they're wondering, how in the world did you get to where you are? Will you just share a little bit about what that looked like? Was it consistency? Was it an overnight thing? How did you end up where you are? Of course. So I think it all started when I was documenting my competitive life as a bodybuilder. So I did bikini competitions, which is kind of similar to pageants, but it was more, you know, uh, muscle mass um, posing in a slightly more masculine way, shall we say. I didn't get to wear the gorgeous dresses, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) And as I started competing, I was really restricted in terms of food. So I had to follow a very strict diet. I had to train an awful amount overtraining in terms of cardio weights. It was insane on my body. And it took a toll where I lost my menstrual cycle for three years. And because my body was such low body fat, I had extreme um, health conditions, um, health implications, and also mental health implications from this. So I documented pretty much all of this on Instagram, on my social media. And during that time, it kind of started out as women wanting my help to get leaner because they saw I had abs, they saw I had really low body fat, and they wanted that. So they were like, awesome, can you help me? So I was like, yeah, of course. So during this time, I was still teaching, I was competing, and then I was building my online client basis at the same time, which, you know, is, you can imagine that the days were long, but I enjoyed it. And I, and I really, really loved what I did. Um, as it went through, I competed, um, like I said, in America, in the UK. And after three years, I thought, right, my health is taking a massive kind of hit right now. I need to think about what I'm doing because I'm soon going to be older and I'm soon going to want kids. And if I've not got a menstrual cycle, then that's going to be an issue. So I actually stopped competing and I took the, the, let's say, idea of thinking, 
I needed to change, but I didn't know how to change. And I didn't know how to come out of this competitive life and be normal again, or what's considered normal. So during this time, I was was documenting it, but I went through a really bad breakup. And I think it was that breakup that, that pushed me into thinking, okay, this breakup ended because of my competing. And you can imagine, you know, when you diet really, really strictly, like you're not fun, you have no personality, you walk down the road like a zombie, and you literally can't hold a conversation for longer than two seconds. So So relatable. I totally get it. It's crazy, isn't it? I wouldn't be able to talk like this at all. Um, So when I kind of came to that realization that, right, health first, I started to document putting weight on, started to talk about amenorrhea, which is a lack of cycle, and let's get the cycle back. And it wasn't until then that I actually put weight on that I would get a few messages of women saying, I actually unfollowed you when you were so lean because you were so unsustainable and unachievable for me to get to that I couldn't follow you. And I and that kind of like hit me and I thought, oh my goodness, like I thought my message that I was putting out was a good one. But for some women, it wasn't. It was actually quite damaging to them. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to reach more people, I need to be promoting health. I need to be promoting something that is sustainable, achievable, and mental health related as well. Because I think it's only in the last, probably since, you know, COVID and Corona that we have more thought about our mental health more than anything, because we've been stuck inside and we've not been able to go out. And what what more have we got time to do except pick holes in our bodies, stare at the mirror, because we've got nothing else to do. And we're probably eating way more food than we want to. So it was almost like, okay, I need to think about mindset. I need to think about body confidence. I need to think about the positivity of embracing our body. And eventually during that time, um, as I was documenting the highs and the lows, it helped people who like me didn't have a cycle kind of get theirs back. And during that time as well, I, I concentrated on education. I taught myself pretty much everything you need to know about the female hormones, the menstrual cycle, uh, menopause, Everything that a female should know, but is never taught in education. I don't know what the US is like in terms of learning about the menstrual cycle or periods, but I think I remember one one lesson where they poured Ribena, which is like fruit juice, on a pad, and they were like, boom, that's a period. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. <laughs> and I, and I, I think that's all they ever taught, taught us about was that. They didn't, t- they didn't tell us about the mood swings, the bloating, the... Bro, your breasts are going to be sore. Like, you're going to get angry. You're going to get hangry. You're going to get hungry. <laughs> like, all of this. And then I started talking about periods. And everyone loved, like, the fact that, actually, we're women. We can't train like men. We shouldn't be training like men. We shouldn't be dieting like men. We should understand the hormonal profile of a female and roll with that. Put it to our advantage. So there's loads of ways to even change diet and nutrition to suit your cycle as well. And that wasn't really talked about much. So I started to talk about that. I wrote an ebook on how to get your menstrual cycle back. And over time, even just understanding the fact that my body needed body fat to be healthy, um, I think that helped women accept their body fat, regardless of what size we are. If we're healthy, that is the main thing. And it's very difficult for a female to understand that the images that are portrayed, even on Instagram, that are, you know have presets from Lightroom over and over again. They've smoothed out their skin. They've 
contorted their body, they've squeezed in their cheeks, they're they're changing their body to look better, which I understand, like, it's nice to put a picture out that you feel like looks amazing, and you look your best, brilliant. But if you do that every single day, even not smiling properly, because some people don't like their smile, like they don't like that laugh that is infectious, but they just will pose perfectly every single day. Like, How does that portray you that just you're not that perfect person in reality, but yet those people are going to see that on your profile and think, oh, I can't be like that. Like, how how is she that perfect when I look like this right now? But in retrospect, that person behind that profile is probably thinking the same on other people and they feel like they need to edit their photos all the time to look a certain way to conform to this, you know, reality. But I feel like once I started to show my body in different ways within two seconds. So for example, like with my glutes. So you, if you pose with your butt out, um, it will stick the muscle out and it will kind of make your skin um, more smooth. And then if you literally turn your leg, it will show the daylight of the cellulite, the stretch marks, the normal things of a female within two seconds. And the feedback I got was like, oh my God, that's edited. Oh my God, that that both, both those bums aren't like, neither one is per like, uh, one is not real, sorry, and one is edited. I was like, no, they're both real. They're both not edited. That's just life. But people never show you that. Mm. So- I think when people realize that actually, oh my goodness, like I can look, I can be both. And it's okay to accept to be both that they realize, okay, I can learn this and I can be confident in my body no matter what. Right. Because everyone is, as you're saying, both. Yeah. No one is 100% of the time posing in the right way or in the light. Lighting means everything. And I think that is just so awesome. Did you ever receive any negative feedback when you started sharing? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I've been quite good in terms of now I, I just block and I ignore. But Yes. <laughs> not afraid to hit that block button. Yeah. You know what it's like? It's difficult because I actually got one the other day. Um, I shared <laughs> I shared a bowl of Lucky Charms on my story, okay? So I love cereal. I think cereal is brilliant. Um, it's <laughs> I I get very happy when there's Lucky Charms um, and it's imported from the US, which is even better. So I can have the real Lucky Charms. And I I, I shared this bowl and this lady who was a nutritionist um, said to me, basically did a story about me explaining the fact that I was promoting junk food and that it was making her job harder to educate people in health. So my response was, do you understand that food restriction and not having food freedom is actually worse on your mental health than trying to attain to chicken and broccoli or salad or veg every damn day, 24 seven, it's not achievable and it will lead to disordered eatings. And she had no concept of that being okay. She had no concept of disordered eating or understanding that if we restrict everything, it's going to lead to binging. It's going to lead to unattainable results. And it's things like this that she was just refusing to understand. So I thought, okay, block. (laughs) And 
we just need to make sure that some we allowing ourselves to accept that some people won't understand it's okay if they don't agree with me it's okay but about a year ago if someone didn't agree with me I would just get a full-on argument and and then I would get actually really stressed about it but that's not good for my mental health that's not going to be like what's the point in getting worried about someone's opinion and I think that's as you grow older, you stop caring about other people's opinions. It may get to me for about 20 seconds and I go, no, ignore. But I think you live and you learn, don't you? When you get older, you you understand that some people are never going to, you know, not want to agree with you. Then they're, they're never going to want to accept you. So as long as you can move yourself away from those type of people and you shut out negativity regarding even just your personality, your body, whatever, at work or at home, if you can try to create a bubble of support, then that's all you really need. And I think it, it goes in hand in hand with, with the mindset. If you can reduce negativity and try to allow yourself positive vibes only, um, then you're going to be thriving in life. You're going to, it's going to exude in your confidence as well. Even in your body image, it's going to exude in pretty much everyday life. So true. Oh my gosh. And absolutely. It's quality over quantity when it comes to that support and those real friends, right? And it's hard when we have these platforms of hundreds of thousands of followers and, you know, the hate really does come with the platform, right? It's it's a love-hate situation. You you get more people that are interested in following you that that's what you're doing it for. You're doing it for those individuals. But of course, you're probably going to deal with a little bit of more negativity with a platform like you and I both have than if we had a regular life experience not on social media you know yeah definitely I find that it's the one person that upsets you is that we think about the most like the thousands of people that send you lovely messages lovely comments and we're like that's amazing yet one person can completely change how you feel that day and it's then realizing that why am I getting upset on one about one person's opinion? Like, why do we need to get upset or let that get to us? Because we've got thousands of people saying amazing things, like we've helped them, thousands of people saying, thank you so much for your content. And yet we tend to think about that one person that doesn't agree. So I think that's just human nature and human instinct to want to have people, you know, love us all the time and like us. It's I think it's hard to deal with when people don't like you (laughs) and you've got to think, okay, this, I just have to accept that. We just have to accept that there will people and also trolls. I mean, some people enjoy it and you've just got to rise above it or join in. Sometimes I get the odd male comment and they'll say something pathetic and I will say something sarcastic in return. They'll be like, oh, fair enough. (laughs) And it's like, ridiculous, isn't it? Right. Sometimes I respond back and then my husband looks at me and he's like, was that really necessary? And I'm like, fine. And then I just delete it and then I block the person. But more times than not, I don't know if you've experienced this too. I love that you mentioned the example of um, the other nutritionist and I hate that that had to happen. And I like my heart honestly hurts for her because I have so many friends who have struggled with eating disorders, whether that's binging or um orthorexia or anorexia in itself. And the fact that she hasn't encountered that with any of her clients yet, it's going to be definitely eye-opening. And I hope she takes the time to educate herself. And I'm sure regardless of what she says to you, you definitely planted a seed for her of that healthy, real balance that's 
actually attainable and realistic for people. All that being said, I feel like a lot of times the negative feedback I get on social media isn't actually even a real person. Like you said, it's just the trolls. I go to the account and it's just a bot. They have like no posts, no followers. (laughs) It's the craziest thing that people spend their life doing that all day, every day, setting up these fake hate accounts. It's just mind blowing. Yeah, literally, it's just boils down to jealousy. Like they must just hunt out people with a blue verified tick just to dig at them for that day. And and I find it I find it astonishing that they can enjoy that as something that they want to do. And I and obviously it's not our mindset. We don't ever we would never think of doing that. But yet these people are obviously insecure and they see people like us posing on Instagram in a, in a lovely way and talking about real subjects that they probably get jealous or get a little bit insecure about it and okay if that's their way to vent then go for it but it's like you said when you've chat to your husband <laughs> you don't <laughs> respond delete block done <laughs> yeah exactly just moving on and it's so cool to have other people kind of get it too so just thank you even for just ch- chatting with me about it but so i know you've kind of chatted about how you feel about the editing apps and you touched briefly on the fact that if you want to bowl of lucky charms you're going to have it so let's chat a little bit more about Instead of editing apps like real transformative ways, I also saw you on your stories joking about, I think, reduced fat hummus versus regular hummus. And when you flip it over, the calories are like the exact same and the ingredients are just 1% different. So do you typically read nutrition facts? Are you a calorie counter? Can you give us a little peek into what your healthy diet living is looking like? Of course. So I've tried every single diet under the sun, keto, carb cycling, like everything when I was younger and nothing worked because I never really sustained it long enough to actually make an effect. Um, And then obviously during my period that I competed for, it was based on calorie control in terms of tracking everything. So I tracked every single thing I ate like down to the T of five grams of peanut butter, like five grams, which was, you know, half a teaspoon, not even that. It was just ridiculous. It was insane. It was obsessive and I weighed everything. My scales came to my restaurant, the restaurants that I would go because I would have tub, like Tupperware with me and I would weigh the food that I would order without oil. So I'd be like, just cook the green beans without oil. And so they would just mm. be dry as hell and they would just be awful. But I wanted to be sociable. And then I realized that was unachievable and that was not enjoyable in the slightest. So after I made the transition of coming out from competing, That was then finding my intuitive eating. And it was almost like, okay, how do I get out from obsessively tracking every single thing I ate to becoming normal again? When I was at university, I used to eat whatever I wanted. And I maintained my size and shape because my hunger hormones were there doing their job like they're meant to. If I was hungry, I ate. If I wasn't, I didn't. And I maintained my body weight. And actually maintenance is probably harder for a lot of people that have dieted. They find maintenance very difficult because you're like, well, how many calories am am I maintaining for? Oh, actually your body's different every day. Like I've not left my house today and I've done a workout, but I probably haven't burned that many calories because I've not gone for a walk. So today's calorie burn would be less than say tomorrow if I go for a really long walk and I'm more active. And understanding that 
we need to go into this mindful eating of listening to our body and understanding like, when am I hungry? When should I eat? What should I eat? How can I make sure that I get enough nutrients in? And I mean, it's hard work. Like now I've, let's say I haven't mastered it because I don't think you ever master it as someone that has been in disordered eating because you still got those those little voices in your head like, oh, how many calories is that? But I have ignored them for the last, let's say, year. I don't think I've tracked for maybe a year, year and a half. Um, I deleted my fitness pal. I said goodbye to that app because that served me well, but it also was not good for my mental health. So once I did that and I understood that I started um, guesstimating calories. So I went through a through a phase of saying, okay, if I'm out for a meal, let's just have a little guess of the calories that I'm eating just to make sure that I feel more, I felt comfortable eating it. So I kind of understood that there was a a little bit of control that I still had, but I would guess I could be completely wrong, but because I did years and years of tracking, I kind of eyeballed certain foods and I could kind of guess. So I started at that way of, of being allowed myself some treats, some different foods, and going out and about eating in restaurants when they were open. Um, and we would, I would, I would sit down. I say, okay, this is say five, six hundred calories. That's fine. Let's aim for say two thousand today. I've been active. I would wear a Fitbit watch. I don't know if you guys have Fitbit or um, Apple watches. Oh, girl, I've got it on right now. <laughs> so I would wear that, and it would show me how many calories I'd burn. And I would then, you know, try to eat that amount. But this is where I became a little bit obsessed with the Fitbit, staring at it every day, thinking, oh my goodness, I've only burned a thousand calories. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I feel like for me, I'm just, uh, I get very easily obsessed with certain things. Um, and I was counting steps, I was counting everything. So I decided to take the Fitbit off. Luckily, I don't have a tan line now. So uh, that's a pro sign. Um, and I, I started to go into more of, Let's just become intuitive. Let's understand mindfulness and let's feed our body fuel. Let's fuel our body, our mind, our health. Let's aim for protein in every main meal. So uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But let's also have treats when we want treats and because we deserve them. I mean, when obviously when you're brought up, like my parents, um, didn't let me have, you know, chocolate every day because that's not normal. Like you wouldn't feed Mm. your child sweets all the time. Um, we're never told to eat that bad food all the time. So as an adult, you've got all this money to, you know, I can order a takeaway. I can order Domino's every night if I want to. And there's that food like, Oh, I want sweets. I want dessert all the time. And actually, no, we need to maintain a little bit of control. We need to think actually, you know, food freedom, I can have whatever I want. But if I have, you know, that idea of being allowed everything, I actually don't want it. Like I actually don't want something that is probably going to make me feel a little bit (laughs) high off sugar for a while. It's okay to have it every now and then. But understanding I was allowed every single bit of food that I ever wanted would then allow me to not actually crave and not actually binge because I understood I could have that cake tomorrow if I really wanted, but actually I would rather some fruit. (laughs) It's making that that sensible decision of how that food makes you feel and thinking, actually, I'm going to get some nutrients from these veggies, from these, from this fruit, from this piece of fish. 
Um, I'm going to feel satisfied. I'm going to help towards my um, muscles. I'm going to help recover my muscles and recover my cells for immunity. And there's that understanding that food needs to be nutritious. It needs to be wholesome. But you also can include other food that you want to or that you crave every now and then. Mm, Yeah, that food freedom is, it's so true. I mean, people joke about the second they go on a diet, um, they, that's when they crave things. (laughs) It's true. It's like when you tell yourself you can't have it, that's when you want it more. And that goes back to mental health and just having a, a balance is so important. But when you were sharing your experience of, you know, calorie counting and I mean, weighing everything, I remember the first time I was put on a diet was by a sponsor when I was training for Miss Teen USA. And they told me, I mean, this was over 10 years ago now, and I can still tell you the exact ounces and the number of almonds I was supposed to eat at 6 a.m. versus noon and evening. And um, it, it was, like you said, obsessive rather than dedicated. But one thing that I really struggled with was after Teen USA, I came back home to Nebraska and I started eating like I was prior to this diet, just like any other normal teenager would. And I suddenly gained more than my original weight back very quickly. And it was because I really didn't know how to go off of that strict diet. So have you helped other clients do that process, um, kind of come off of such a strict diet or mentality? And what is your advice to them? Yeah, so it's very difficult, like you say, to be able to find that kind of set point weight and understand how to eat for normality and maintenance. And a lot of people will rebound because you were on such a strict diet that now you have that freedom to eat whatever you want. You kind of don't understand when you're full or what is portion control. And also, I mean, your hormones probably took a hit, like leptin probably didn't um, release like when it should, because when we get lean, leptin obviously controls our hunger and leptin is released or due to fat cells. So the leaner we are, the less leptin gets released. And this also controls our hunger. So when we then start putting weight on, our hormones are probably balancing out a little bit better, but it's that transition of actually going from restrictive to then probably overestimating and overeating that we need to understand that sometimes that happens. Sometimes we put weight on, but as long as you realize that you have the understanding is that you can lose it if you need to. But the main important thing is we need to develop the relationship with our mindset first. So for example, I had a client a couple of months ago probably about six months ago. And she, I recovered her menstrual cycle. So she recovered from amenorrhea. She had three cycles in a row for three months, which means, yay, (laughs) which means you're typically, um, uh, recovered. And it was during that time when she was like, okay, I don't actually know how to eat now. Like I don't actually know how to eat normally. So she wanted to go out with her friends. She wanted to enjoy restaurant meals and enjoy alcohol, which is absolutely fine, but she didn't want to restrict. So, I mean, I don't know if you've done this, but I I spent years doing it, restricting myself Monday to Friday to fit into that little black dress on Saturday, drink all the alcohol and then binge on the Sunday. <laughs> but that was my life for quite a long time. And she said that she would restrict too much in order to let her 
put um let her eat in restaurants and let her have alcohol so we understood that if you restrict you end up usually binging so we come up with a plan of saying let's eat just normally monday to thursday and then on friday if you're going to go out we still need to make sure that we have our breakfast and our lunch and some snacks but maybe dinner dinner can be a little bit smaller or dinner you can have in the restaurant And the next day, if you're going to drink alcohol, you need to understand that there's going to be a little bit of water retention associated to this because it dehydrates us. And then we drink water and then we feel bloated and you get that rebound effect. So it's then the mindset way that the next day we don't let our hormones, um, our hunger hormones take over and think, oh my God, I'm so dehydrated. All I want is food that we just drink water and then we go back to normal life. It's understanding that we need to control the urge to binge and just think, okay, I don't need to overtrain because I ate a meal out last night. I don't need to restrict my food because I ate a meal out last night. I need to get back onto normal life, normal meals, normal eating pattern. And I think it's when you reduce the restriction, even when you're putting weight on, you're reducing the restriction, but you're finding your balance, it's going to help. And it is difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy to then say, okay, we're going to reverse diet where I don't really agree with reverse dieting because there's a lot of people that come out of competing in the competing world and they're on such little calories that then they spend three months reversing out of these calories and they're still not hitting maintenance. And they're still technically dieting because they've increased by 10 calories that week or 20 calories that week. And it's still really tough on their body. So it's almost like, let's go straight into maintenance, but let's understand that sometimes our weight might go up, but it will plateau and it will go back down when we're finding that set point. Mm, That's hard. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. And so, so interesting. And when it comes to the restricting in order to, you know, go out on the weekend, I saw that so much in college, you know, girls that thought it was a great idea just not to eat all day so that they could drink that night. And that is just a horrible, horrible idea. And it messes with your metabolism. And like you said, your hormones and um, it's just such an important message for all of my listeners to hear. So thank you so much for sharing. And Um, A question I have for you is how do you respond to stress? So I know a lot of people right now during the global pandemic are introduced to various stressors they might not otherwise be. You know, they're with their significant other or their family pretty much 24-7 or they're inside. Um, But whether it's that kind of stress or just regular life stress, how do you respond to it? So I've always trained to reduce my stress. So I train pretty much, let's say five to six times a week. And my training is weight-based or sometimes I will do hip style training, but majority of it's weight training with dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells. And that is my stress release. I feel so good after I've trained. I've got that release of endorphins. But when I train, I don't do it to burn calories. Like I don't do it to sweat. I do it because I want to feel strong and I want to work my body to its fittest. I want to really grow my body. I want it to enhance it. So I utilize my training to not only help my body get healthier, but also to reduce my mental stress. Um, I also practice um, five minutes in the morning of just jotting things down on pen to paper and clearing my mind 
it's um it's a very similar easy step like a simple easy step for mindfulness um just to write down your thoughts on pen to paper just spend 5 minutes whether they're positive whether they're negative and when you write stuff down it sounds really like just a small task like this can do so much for you you write it down and those thoughts leave your brain so they are now on that paper. And if they're negative thoughts, you've got them out of your brain and you've got more space for the thoughts that you need in there. Um, and so I find that really helps me. Um, and basically in the morning, I will always have about two or three cups of coffee. And that helps too. <laughs> I've actually got one right now. Um, and coffee relieves my stress. And even though it's caffeine, it actually helps me think a, a little bit more clearly probably because my neurons in my brain are working a little bit faster <laughs> from all the caffeine but I find if we can take a couple minutes out each day to allow our thoughts pop them down on pen to paper sit down relax with a cup of coffee and then if we want to train do it because you've got to enjoy your training as well if if especially during something like lockdown or quarantine. It's something that's kept me so positive because I've been doing a lot of Instagram live workouts. And because I have a schedule, I have about five or six Instagram live workouts a week. I have to turn up. Like I have to do it. So I'm like, oh, I can't say no, I better do it. So, and I have to give it my all because I'm on camera with hundreds of people watching. So that's actually quite a good idea. If you, if you feel like you're at home and you've got no um, motivation to train, like have a look at live schedules. Think about, oh, whose live workout can I do today? Like jump on the live and you will be loving the energy that these people have the enthusiasm that we're giving out and it's just a really good way to start the day um or even end the day and I it's find true yeah I find training coffee and mindfulness the perfect <laughs> way <laughs> That's hysterical. You are the best. And when it comes to, you know, telling your audience that you're going to be doing these lives, and that's honestly your accountability. And I think for so many people pre-quarantine, you would sign up for in-studio classes, for example. And once you hit that sign up button and your money's gone, that's an accountability step, right? And so when we're all stuck inside and no one's really going to hold you accountable, it's really hard. So I think that's awesome. Maybe even post on a story that you're going to join a live and then ask one of your girlfriends to join it with you mm -hmm. so that you have that accountability piece because it is yeah. difficult. I know that. It's so important. And I even see that with my clients. They just, to be able to message me when they want it just keeps them accountable and it keeps them, if they've got a question, they'll just message and they'll say, I don't feel like training today. Can you help me? And I'll be like, right, let's, let's actually, so let's think about this logically. Like, are you tired? Are you due on your period? If you are and you're tired and you've had so much work, don't train. Like that's okay too. Have a rest. And I think it's then that accountability of feeling okay to have a rest day is just as important as having motivation to train. So it works both ways as well, especially when people overtrain, they don't actually allow themselves any rest. And I think that happens quite frequently. Um, and there's a lot of people that would just feel like if they're resting, they're cheating and they need an active rest day. And actually a rest day is a rest day. You need to rest 
it shouldn't be an active rest day. Like that's just an active day. Um, so I hate that term active rest day. Like, what do you mean? You're actively resting. Um, so it's almost like actually understanding that we need to rest as well. Even that sounds like controversial in terms of like contradicting myself, but it's understanding that it's okay to rest when you need to, especially the week before our period, we get the hormones of progesterone and it, it takes a massive hit on our energy levels. Um, our estrogen's really low and we basically don't want to do that much um and understanding that that is part of being a female and that is part of having a menstrual cycle and a healthy one um and leave let, letting yourself off like let yourself off you do not need to train every day but if you want to like you said have the accountability tell your friend you're going to do that live meet them on the live and you will smash it together and it's just it's just allowing yourself the freedom of training and understanding that that training session doesn't have to burn a certain amount of calories. That training session, you don't have to hit a PB every damn time. Like you need to understand that you want to train for mental health benefits too. So enjoy the training, find something fun. Like um, I live right by the sea and we're going to go paddleboarding in the next few days, which I'm so excited to do because we're obviously still in lockdown in the UK. And that's something that I can do with a friend because we're allowed to see like one person <laughs> and we can do that. And that's an activity that I'm going to enjoy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a stress relief, but also it's going to actually use my body. It's very difficult paddleboarding and um, it's going to be an exciting task to do. So I think even as we go out of quarantine and as we go out of lockdown, setting ourselves little tasks that are fun, that are new, that are enjoyable will help relieve that stress, will help that mindset find something new and concentrate our newfound energy and appreciation of life. Mm, I love it. I'm excited to, I'm going to watch your stories and see when you guys end up going. I'm, I love, so I'm from Nebraska, which is the very center of the U.S. And so I, we maybe have some lakes here. <laughs> we do have some lakes here, but you said you're going to go paddle boarding in the sea. And it literally sounds like a fairy tale to me. Oh. So I'm just, I'm cheesing real big, smiling ear to ear over here. Oh, um, oh my goodness. I'm by France. You can basically, I'm basically an hour from London, right at the bottom of the UK. And if you swam, you would go to France. <laughs> oh my goodness. How cool. Love that. As you said, you need to give yourself kind of that grace to have a true rest day, especially when your period's right around the corner. Um, you mentioned your lucky charms earlier. So this is on a lighter note. What is your indulgence of choice? Is it cereal? Oh, do you know what? It changes all the time. I, I <laughs> like, you know, I just go through waves and I'll be like, I've just had 12 boxes of Lucky Charms over the last month. So maybe I should try something different. But <laughs> I um, I love chocolate. Like I'm a, a massive chocoholic and I have been since I was a kid. So chocolate is my pretty much go-to. I have it every single day. Um, but I love my, <laughs> this sounds weird. I love my frothy milk that I have um, <laughs> in my coffees and my hot chocolates. So I'm obsessed with soya milk and I pop it in the froth machine, which makes it very frothy, like I'm actually at a coffee barista shop or Starbucks, shall we say. And I'm obsessed with drinking that at the moment with my hot chocolate in the evening, which is actually, you know, I, I have about five. So <laughs> I, oh, I go through a lot of soy milk, but chocolate, cereal, 
And that's pretty much what I'm, <laughs> I know I won't say that I'm living off, but I having, I'm having that every day, I'm allowing myself that every day. <laughs> That's beautiful. My my total indulgence of choice is like ice cream oh, to yeah. the max, no matter if it's the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. I just love it. Um, oh my goodness. So before we go, Haley, just a little background. This podcast is called More Than a Crown because at the end of my year as Miss USA, I had grown this amazing, engaging audience that kind of felt like a family, a social media family, if you will. And I wanted to do something with it more so than only social media. For example, while I was Miss USA, I was able to travel the country and have these interactive experiences and meet people. Um, So that's where the podcast came from. I realized that I'm more than just that one year as a title holder and I can continue to utilize my voice and then share the stories of others who inspire me, like yourself on this beautiful platform. So Haley, what do you remind yourself that you are more than? Oh, I love that. That's amazing. It's literally just incredible to be able to hear that you are understanding that you are more than that, because that must be quite hard. I was just thinking when you were saying after a year, you have to almost give the crown back. And and what are you? Like that must take a massive hit on your mindset. Um, So I guess I am more than my body because I spent so long changing my body to be perfect. And I am more than what my body looks like. I am more than what my body attains to be um, at a low body fat, a higher body fat. And we are individuals that try to encourage people to be the best that we can be, but understand that that road and that journey is not going to be linear. It's going to have plateaus. It's going to have bumps and it's going to have times where we want to give up, but understanding that you are more than what you look like. You are more than what your body is and you are more than what people think you are and allowing yourself the time to almost think, okay, my mindset and my mental health is so important to me that I'm going to make sure that I do my very best to to take care of that and protect my mind and to understand that that's not accessible for people to see. You can't see your mindset and work on that mindset because you are more than your appearance. And Mm. as much as we can, you know, preach that and help people understand that, Minding and mindfulness and mindset values and setting that and understanding that we need to work on that area is really helpful for people to think about and maybe a leave home message for them to think, okay, let's, it's time to work on my mindset, especially during such something like a global pandemic, like our minds have gone mad. Like we've gone crazy during this time because we've been left alone in our house for however long, just wallowing in our own thoughts. And maybe they weren't positive. Maybe they were a little bit negative. Maybe we're overanalyzing things and thinking about negative stuff that might happen. Let's remove that. Let's concentrate on feeling better, being our very best that we can possibly be in allowing ourselves to understand that it's okay to fail. It's okay to not be perfect. And that we are, at the end of the day, humans, and we can only do our best. 
Yes, yes, yes. You are awesome. Oh my goodness. So for listeners, quick before you go, go ahead and tell them where they can follow you. And if they want to become one of your newest clients, how do they go about that? (laughs) So you can follow me on Instagram at Haley Madigan Fitness. And I'm actually just launching a new app. So there will be a couple of links in my bio. There'll be a couple of stories that you can have a little look through. Um, And I'm very excited that in a week's time, we are launching an amazing platform. So yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. (laughs) That is awesome. All the little surprises. I can't wait to check it out. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to More Than a Crown. I have no doubt that Haley touched your heart and your mind in various ways today that she was intended to. So go ahead and head over to her Instagram and continue to receive inspiration from her. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who you also think could benefit from the message and we'll catch you next time.